While you are folding episode 51, A Mother's Rule of Life, Prayer. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Are Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things in my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for nine. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful Father, I come to you today to talk about prayer. And my favorite prayer lately is to say, come Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. I keep messing it up, but you keep showing up and you are so patient with me. You are especially patient with my inability to tolerate silence and just to be with you. And I ask you to continue to pour out your blessings upon my own prayer life and the prayer lives of all of the people who are listening to this podcast. And I hope that you bless this conversation and lift up everyone who might be feeling discouraged about their prayer lives. Just to take this as an invitation to draw closer to you And that we can't get it wrong if we keep showing up. And that our relationship with you needs to be the top priority in our lives. That our marriages, this vocation that you've blessed us with as wives and mothers is so important. But that our relationship with you must come first. And we just ask that you continue to draw each of us closer to you. And we pray all of this through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello. Thank you all so much for all of your great feedback on last week's episode. Episode 50 that is on, I think I called it, Organizing My Attitude Before My Closets. I just wanted to make sure before I jumped in on this deep dive from Holly Pierlow's book, A Mother's Rule of Life, I wanted to make sure before I jumped in that we were just getting things right, that we were approaching this book with the right spirit and with the right motivations. So if you missed last week's episode, this episode probably won't make as much sense. Head back to episode 50, and then once you've done that, jump in here. Um, But before we jump back into that discussion about a mother's rule of life, really quickly just wanted to give a recap of what's been new around here. So right now, our family, and I imagine a lot of my listeners' families, are experiencing Catholic Schools Week. So if you have kids in Catholic schools right now, you're probably (laughs) feeling uh, a little bit busy, a little bit Your cup is very full right now. We've had a lot of projects, lots of different things going on in preparation for last Sunday, yesterday's open house that we had at our parish, and the kids loved it. It was fun to get to go around and see all of their classrooms and talk with their teachers, but it did mean for a lot of work, lots of stuff going on behind the scenes. Jane did a really cool science experiment Jane's our fourth grader, and she just learned how to do PowerPoint this year. So she did a science experiment trying to figure out which of four different solutions, and the four different solutions were water, water with flour food, water with baking soda, and water with 7-Up, and which of the four solutions were best for daisies. To live in. And surprisingly enough, 7-Up mixed with water was the best. So FYI, if you're looking to have your flowers live long, at least daisies, the 7-Up did the trick. 
And there, she also did a book report and Walt did a diorama of the Revolutionary War after reading one of the I Survived books, I Survived the Revolutionary War. And Walt, he's our third grader. He also, all of his classmates interviewed someone from the school and Walter got to interview our pastor, Father McCabe, and he was so excited about it. If I were a third grader interviewing my pastor, I would be totally nervous about it. But I think part of it has to do with how awesome our pastor is and how totally approachable and wonderful he is with kids. And I think also part of it has to do with Walt just being totally unfazed by (laughs) conversation with adults. So Walt said they had a great conversation And then Walt got to draw a caricature of Father McCabe. And as soon as we get it back, I'm going to take a picture of it and share it on social media because it's pretty darn cute. Our pastor loves playing golf. So Walt drew him on the golf course. (laughs) So that was uh, pretty, pretty cool that he got to interview our pastor and All of the kids had different pieces of art hanging up in the hallways. Dorothy and Harry were so proud to show us around their classrooms, the different reading areas and different things that they've been working on. So we are having a really fun Catholic Schools Week. And um, our parish for the last, this was the third year that they've done it now, they had our parish fundraiser Uh, We have a dinner and a silent and live auction. That was this last weekend. And they had a great turnout. It was a really successful evening and it was so much fun. I kept hearing over and over again from all of my friends how (laughs) you feel like you don't even know where to begin in conversation because as a young mom, the chance to be out and have all of your favorite people in one room and to be able to see all of them was pretty cool. So that was fun. And last week, I also had an opportunity. I was invited to come and talk to our parish young moms group. It's called Women at the Well. And um, I started the group a couple years ago. I think we're already in our fifth year and the group is thriving and it's so much fun to see all of these young moms show up. And we talked about a mother's rule of life. And I think it went really well. We had really great attendance despite it being a day that we had a lot of snow and there were a lot of nodding heads and recognition that the temptation I was talking about last week on the podcast to organize the house and to treat our families as a distraction. It's real and it's really hard for a lot of us. So I'm glad I took the time both on the podcast and with the group, not just to jump into how you can pull together a daily routine, a weekly routine, your cleaning schedule and all that stuff, because that's not where our priority needs to be. Because A lot of the times, that's not what God is asking of us. Yes, it is good and it is beautiful to have outer order in our homes, but not at the expense of the relationships that God is putting in front of us. So, um, yes, ladies from Women at the Well, thank you for coming. It was a lot of fun to get to be with everyone last week. And I got a really great email from listener Allie, and I'll just go ahead and read it. Hello, Catherine. I've been catching up on your new episodes the past day. There's just so much in them that I'm needing to hear. First, I loved hearing your news about building. We're actually in the process of buying 14 acres to build on. We were really hoping to be moved in before this coming winter, but things are going slower than expected. Anyways, I'm right there with you and trying to figure out my design style. So I'm really appreciating everything you share. One thing I've found helpful so far is thinking about function, as far as thinking about function, is to look back on old threads on my Catholic Facebook groups. Questions about house building, layout design have been asked about a lot, so it's a nice way to get different perspectives and ideas. Second, I'm so excited that you're talking about a mother's rule of life. 
I'm four months postpartum with our third and recently picked it up again to try to bring about more peace and order to our home. Your words helped me appreciate even more that I'm needing to focus on organizing my attitude before my closet. I feel like God keeps sending these words to me, but it's difficult to put them into action. I'm so excited to use your prayer prompts to help me focus on this more. Thank you for the wonderful episodes. Allie. Allie, thank you so much for taking the time to reach out. First of all, many prayers for you and your family as you hopefully are nearing the end of your building process. I, um, Our builder has been awesome. He keeps telling us from the time we start construction, which as of right now, it's probably looking like it'll be end of February, early March. So I'm going to tell myself mid-March. <laughs> And he said to plan on seven to nine months from the time we start till we time we finish. So I'm probably going to give myself a year to plan on because it just seems like there's always something that comes up, even if you're just doing work around your current home that you're living in, that there's always a delay. So with building a house, I can imagine that we'll be looking at a longer timeline, but Yes, continued prayers for you and your family. And I would love to continue to hear your input on ideas as we get started with that whole process. And I'm glad to hear that the uh, deep dive that I'm doing on a mother's rule of life, that last episode was somehow helpful. I hope you continue to find it helpful. And as I go forward, going through the five P's from a mother's rule of life, I'm going to be sure and share Um, the different documents that I've typed up on Google Drive, and I'll have the links to them in the show notes so that everyone can edit them and make them work for their families. Now, everyone, keep in mind, design is not my forte. So these are really basic Google Docs. And maybe some of you are really talented in web design and making things look beautiful. If that's you, and you want to take it upon yourself to make these things look beautiful, um, if that's something I could even pay you for, that would be amazing because that is not a strength of mine. And it would be so much nicer to look at these charts and schedules while my family is starting to adapt adopt them and figure out what we're doing next if it actually looked beautiful. So Yeah, if any of you out there are interested in taking that on, let me know and I will happily pay you for your services. And if any of you are wanting to do that for other people and want me to share your information on a future episode, please let me know. Podcast at KatherineBoucher.com. But Allie, as a mom who's four months postpartum and you said that this is your third Yeah, you are right where I was the first time I read this book. And I am, if nothing else, like I told the ladies at my parish group last week, I'm glad that I can be a cautionary tale about how a mother's rule of life can be used for evil instead of good. So everyone, myself included, let's keep organizing our attitude before we organize our closets and make sure that above everything else that our relationships, especially our relationship with our loving father is coming first. All right, let's revisit my challenge from last week. I asked you before you got into the heart of the book, A Mother's Rule of Life, to have some time with Jesus, to have some time praying through a couple of questions. And I spent a lot of time with them myself. And the first question I asked was, what are the duties you want me to do? Why do you want me to do them? And I don't know about you, but I I came to the realization when I first went through these questions that my motivation for revisiting a mother's rule of life was largely coming from me seeking my own glory in my achievement with outer control and my need for control, having an idol of control over the physical home instead of obedience to what it is that God's putting in front of me. And that was, uh, that was pretty painful to realize that a lot of the things that I was 
putting upon myself for things that just had to be done during the course of the day were often not the things that were supposed to be top of my priority list. Now, I think it's really important to temper that, to weigh that with, there are things that need to be done in the course of a day. Yes, dishes can absolutely sit in the sink so that you can go snuggle with your toddler and spend more time with them. But ultimately, we want to do the dishes so that they're ready for the next meal. It all comes down to motivation. Am I doing whatever the task is so that I can escape my family? Am I treating them like they are distracting me from my work of the house? Or am I doing it in the right spirit, in a spirit of obedience to serving my family. And I think it all just comes down to motivation, that we can do the same action, but for the wrong reasons. And if we're doing it for the wrong reasons, it's time to push pause and think about it. Because I am right there with so many of you. Organization, outer order, definitely brings inner calm for me. And I know it does for my family. When things are tidy around here, when we're doing a good job of keeping up on things, everyone is much calmer. It's much easier to feel a spirit of peace when the house is relatively in order. But that's definitely something I wanted to talk about today. And then the next question I had was asking, do I have the appropriate respect for this vocation that you've given me? And if not, why not? Can you heal the areas of woundedness I have involving my vocation? I would say since the first time I read A Mother's Rule of Life, and that was back in 2014 when I had three kids and I was six months postpartum, I have had a whole lot of healing since the first time I read it. And I have so much more respect for this vocation. Maybe it's because I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. My oldest, she's going to turn 10 next week. And it's hard. And I think in the early years, I thought that it was so, oh, I would say mind numbing in a lot of ways because I treated it like drudgery. And I did not realize how these children that have been entrusted to me and my husband are, they are 100% completely my path to sanctification. Plus being in our home day in and day out has given me so many opportunities for humility. And not just that, but the part about rereading this book that has really opened my eyes to the beauty of this vocation, that and the other book that I mentioned last week, Holiness for Housewives. Um, Both of those books have just reminded me of the gift that it is to have the time that is created when you have, for the most part, the gift of a mother's rule of life is you have the external order and structures in place so that your mind is relieved of the burden of the to-do list that's constantly going through your head. Everything is accounted for. So your mind is free from distractions. And so you can have what's called active contemplation. You're able to enter into a more prayerful space. You can have a spirit of recollection and peace because your mind is free of all the extraneous things that normally are going through your head. And because of that, you're able to have those moments when your kids are doing something in the family room and you're cleaning up the lunch dishes and you're able to have a conversation with God in those moments instead of thinking, okay, what do I need to do next? And that's the beauty of this vocation. We're not able like a cloistered nun to have hours of prayer and these mystical experiences, but we get to have active content contemplation where we are engaged in some activity where we are serving others and we are able to use that activity, that action as a moment of prayer lifted up to God, that we are doing that thing out of love of him. And that is not something that I've 
was able to do in my motherhood until the last couple of years when I really started to prioritize my prayer life and my personhood, my physical body, my nutrition, and all of the things that add up to having my relationships with God, myself, my husband, my children, everything in its proper place. And that I think is the biggest blessing of a mother's rule of life. It it just puts things in the order that they're supposed to be in when you approach it with the right attitude. So would I say I, I have the appropriate respect for this vocation? More days than not, yes. But do I still find myself every now and then in the, if I'm in a bad place, grumbling, complaining, feeling like the sacrificial lamb of the family? Definitely. It still happens, but not nearly with the frequency that it used to. The next question I had was, do I do the quote unquote boom and bust cycle on repeat in my homemaking? Have I stopped to consider it might not have anything to do with my own organization system, but everything to do with my own attitude? So I don't know about you, but yes, this is still something that I do all the time. I go, 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 go. I do too much and then I burn out and then I let things go and then I repeat and it's not working out for me. And that's definitely why I decided to revisit a mother's rule of life. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Oh, let's see. One month after Gloria was born. Um, I had started to have some symptoms before I got pregnant with her and then things went away while I was pregnant and then they came back again. So really quickly, I was diagnosed with Sjogren's disease and it's an autoimmune disease that mostly affects your joints, but it also affects your digestive system. You have a lot of fatigue and, um, Everything that produces moisture in your body doesn't work properly, so you don't have the right amount of saliva. So you might notice on the podcast that I have to swallow a lot and take breaks for drinks. (laughs) Um, I know, lovely. And dry eyes and blah, 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 blah. But big picture, I'm doing just fine. But the fatigue is probably the hardest part as a young mom. And this boom and bust thing is not working for me anymore because of the fatigue. And so I'm really starting to embrace this attitude of what we talked about last week, tending the garden, that I'm never going to have perfect control, perfect order in this house, that entropy is just part of the way the world is. And that's not because something's gone wrong, it's because... Part of my job is tending the garden, that I'm going to be able to do a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's never going to be perfect this side of heaven, and that's okay. And that just means that I'm being obedient to what's in front of me. So yes, boom and bust all the time around here, but I'm getting better. And then the last thing from last week was my challenge for the week. I asked all of us to come up with one shift in attitude that we were going to make to work toward our vocation as a homemaker. And mine was, my children's speed is not too slow. I am too fast. I need to live at their speed. And then to know how I was doing it, I asked all of us to know how we'll know when our attitude is changing. So for me, that was fewer tears, more spontaneous affection, less nagging from me, mental prayer for patients, better time management, and planning appropriately. So I would say, overall, it went really well. Saturday morning, I have to admit, I let the mountain of laundry that had piled up because of the insanity that was preparation for Catholic Schools Week. (laughs) The mountain of laundry got the best of me, and I probably could have let more of it go and joined in the board games and the playing that was going on around me but I didn't. Um, But overall, I did a much better job with day-to-day eye contact, getting down on the floor, reading a lot, spontaneous affection, and also better time management, being realistic about how long it's going to take for us to do the various things instead of nagging and 
pushing people along. So yeah, overall, I'd say things went really well. But I want to know about you. How did things go from last week? Send me your feedback. And now I want to talk about today's topic, prayer. So um, this is the first P from a mother's rule of life. And Holly has the five P's as prayer, person, partner, parent, provider. And today, first things first, we're going to talk about prayer. And for those of you who haven't found the book yet and you want to join in on this conversation, my friend Courtney told me if you have an account with formed.org that they have a digital version of the book on there for free. So if you happen to have an account on there, you don't have the book yet, that might be a great way for you to find it. Um, But before we talk about prayer, just as a mini infomercial for why a mother's rule of life is important, why you might consider doing it, like I said earlier, it frees your mind from the list of all of the to-dos that you have going through your head constantly. It's going to provide you the external order for your home and the peace without all of the visual clutter. And it gives your kids peace too, because then they don't have the burden of picking up all of the extra things that aren't bringing them joy. And it gives you less decision fatigue. I don't know about you, but in the course of an average day, I must make I don't even know how many different decisions. And it gives me time for all of the different things. And it gives a home for every possible object in the house. So the bad news is it's really time intensive in the beginning. And it'll get less time intensive as time goes on. And the tending the garden thing, you're never going to retire from managing the system or adjusting it. That's part of the vocation. But the good news is it will become less and less time intensive as your family begins to adapt to the system and everyone gets on board and works together. The spiritual benefits, like I talked about with the whole ability to get to a place of active contemplation throughout your day, is amazing. And the sanctification, the moments of grace that pop in throughout the day. And here's another fancy Catholic word, mortification, dying to yourself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty huge. When you die to yourself, and you do what God wants you to do instead of what you want to do. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, And if you also think about a mother's rule of life, what we're talking about today is having a more intentional prayer life and just realizing that the heart of a rule is fulfilling God's will in your life. And the better your prayer life is, the better you're going to be able to figure out what exactly his will is for you. It helps you to move from a place of obedience, which is a really good thing, to a place of perfect love for God and for our families. So let's jump in. Let's talk about individual prayer. Um, This book, A Mother's Rule of Life, is great. It has a lot of beautiful insights. But my very favorite things that I've heard lately about prayer for the woman who is a wife and mother, it comes from the book that I mentioned last week, Holiness for Housewives and Other Working Women. I don't love the title, but the content is really good. The author's name is Dom Hubert Von Zeller, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But it's really important for all of us to think about what is reasonable for this chapter of life. What is reasonable for what I have going on right now? How old my kids are? What kind of things I have going on? Whether I'm at home full-time, I have a part-time job, I work full-time, what my husband's schedule looks like, what kinds of activities all of us are involved in, what's reasonable for this chapter of life. And this is where it is so important to have good spiritual counselor counsel from a good and holy priest. And ideally, each of us would have a spiritual director who we could meet with. Simply put, a spiritual director ideally is a priest, 
so that that person can also be your confessor who you visit on a monthly basis. And as your confessor, who's also your spiritual director, gets to know you and your family and your circumstances, he will be able to advise you on what a good, healthy prayer life will look like for you. Because I think so often, so many of us young moms really get hung up on, you find out about this mom next door who seems to have this perfect prayer life, but what she's able to do is not what you might be called to do. And she might have kids that are totally different ages, who are sleeping through the night, who are in junior high or whatever the circumstances might be. And it's not helpful or fruitful to compare your prayer life with someone else's. And it is helpful to hear from someone who you trust. Maybe you have a mentor mom who can weigh in on this. I think a lot of us young moms are unnecessarily hard on ourselves. So really be reasonable about what it is that you can do in this chapter of life. And maybe you're in a place where it's time to nudge yourself a little bit more and maybe take on something new or different that might challenge you, might might help you to draw closer to God in this life. And be willing to adjust every few months or as often as you need. Just find out what works right now. Find regular pockets of time when prayer practices can happen and then put them on your schedule. Put them on your calendar so that they'll happen. And before you can do that, you have to think about what are my limitations? What's my temperament? What are my tendencies? Am I an early morning person? Am I getting enough rest so that I can make that early morning prayer time happen? If not, is there a different time of day? Maybe it's my kid's nap. Maybe I have a commute to work when I don't have anyone else in the car and I'm able to use that as prayer time. Maybe it's when uh, dinner is done, the dishes are going to wait in the sink, my husband is going to help me put the food away, and I'm going to ask him to give me 10-15 minutes to go to our bedroom and be by, be by myself with myself and my prayer time with God. I don't know what your schedule is, but be creative. And again, don't compare with whatever mom next door is doing, but consider what your temperament is, what time of day is going to work best for you. For me, in the past, I have not done as well with bedtime prayer because I'm always exhausted by that time. For other women, it works great. So think about your temperament, what your chapter of life is right now, what's going to be realistic for you, and what are you excited about? Are you excited about the prospect of getting out a prayer journal and writing? For me, that's awesome. Other people just want to um, have time reading over sacred scripture. Some people do a combination of both. Some people want to listen to something. Um, the other thing too is when you're a mother of young children, I think it's so easy to think, well, my kid's not sleeping through the night, or I have young kids that need me all the time. I'm always getting interrupted. This is an area where you must prioritize your prayer life. This is not a luxury that you're not allowed to have until your kids are older. I encourage you, if you are in that situation right now, have a heart to heart with your husband. Talk with him about how essential it is for you to have a good, healthy prayer life so that you can be an even better wife to him and a better mother to your children. Try to figure out if there's a time of day when he can help watch the kids for you for whatever agreed upon amount of time you can do it. Or find an activity that will keep them occupied. In my mind, if that means screen time, because your husband isn't able to help out for whatever reason, put on a show so that you can have your prayer life. It'll be okay. <laughs> there are all kinds of wonderful educational programs out there, especially on PBS Kids. So I don't know. 
Figure out what are your limitations, what's your schedule, what's working right now, and be willing to change it because things are going to change. Your kids are going to get into different chapters of life and you are going to change. Maybe your style of prayer is going to change. So keep all those things in mind. When it comes to the sacraments, it's really important to come up with a schedule and a routine for how frequently you can receive the sacraments because the more frequently that you can receive them, especially the Eucharist and confession, the more you are going to be able to be a channel of grace for your family. And how cool would it be if you have children who are receiving the sacraments to make a special family tradition revolving around it. Maybe you have a monthly family tradition of going to Saturday afternoon confession, and then you go and get ice cream afterward. Or you have a special time during the week when you attend daily mass. Maybe you're not able to go every day, but like my friend Brianna, she's been making it a priority to try to go on Fridays and that's been working for her. Find little ways, little nudges that work for you. And throughout the liturgical year, maybe it's during Advent, maybe it's during Lent, you think of a new practice that you can adopt and then maybe it goes so well that you carry it on into the rest of the year. So be thinking about that, praying about it. But after you have gotten your prayer time scheduled and your practices figured out for whatever times you can try to incorporate sacraments into your life, then, and only then, think about other things. Think about the location where your prayer life's happening. A really great resource that I'll link to in the show notes is a book called The Little Oratory, A Beginner's Guide to Praying in the Home. This beautiful book goes through how to set up a physical prayer space in your home, but it doesn't have to be anything fancy. So don't be overwhelmed by that whole idea. And I don't want you to even think about doing this until after you have set up your prayer routine and you've been doing it for three months, but it could be as simple as getting a little basket and putting your rosary, your prayer journal, um, pens, your uh, highlighter, maybe you have a candle nearby, just a quiet space where you have everything that you physically need to pray. Maybe you have a special blanket over there and it's just a place that invites you to enter into the quiet, prayerful place that you need to be in. Um, also, it's really helpful to have a list of the things that you want to study about God and your spiritual reading and learning more about the faith. So keep a list of books and studies that you want to work through so that it can help you once you finish one to know where to go from there instead of floundering in between your spiritual reading books. And something that's been really helpful for me is to have what I call an under construction list Those are the things that are habits of sins, vices, the things that I keep bringing back into the confessional that, God willing, I will be able to continue to work on and grow in self-mastery of, but some things I may never completely overcome this side of heaven, but the more aware I am of them and the more... I start to understand the patterns and the motivations and the reasons that I keep doing the things that are on that list, my under construction list, the easier it's going to be to start to stop those patterns and those cycles. And that coupled with a daily examine where I'm actually going through the day and I'll get to that more is, um, I'll get to that more later. That's been really helpful. And again, all of these things that I'm rattling off here are things after three months of just figuring out your prayer life. Then you can start thinking about prayer with your husband if you're not doing that already. A great book on that is from Deacon Keating, and it's called Spousal Prayer, A Way to Marital Happiness. I'll link to that one in the show notes. It's small and it's simple, but it's so beautiful and profound. 
And also for your family prayer life to to just think about how you can attach family prayer to something that you're always doing. In my family, that's always a meal. (laughs) So just make it unique to your family, your temperaments, what's going to work best for you. And then the last thing that I consider a really biggie, it has been life-changing for me, and I mean that, it is spiritual direction. Meeting with a priest on a monthly basis to go to confession, talk through what's going on in your spiritual life, and things that you might not even be aware of. So quickly, I'll go through... Um, the different things that I'm doing in terms of my own personal prayer. And this is just to give you examples. Um, Some of these things might speak to you, other ones might not. And that's because it's my prayer life. And I want you to just listen to this as hearing what one young mom is doing that's working right now. Next month, it'll be probably totally different. So, Uh, When my alarm goes off, I try to pray a morning offering before my feet hit the floor. And the version that I like to pray goes, Oh my Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, joys, works, and sacrifices of this day. For all the intentions of your sacred heart, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for all my sins, and for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. So I pray that before my feet hit the floor, and then I get myself ready, throw on my exercise clothes, brush my teeth, and then I have morning prayer in the basement in my recording studio where I am right now. I light a candle. Mondays and Wednesdays, I read the daily gospel, and then I journal in my prayer journal about it. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I read through a book that I'm reading with my Bible study group, and I journal about that. And then on Friday, I have been reading through the catechism, and then I journal about whatever it is that I read about in the catechism. And I'm averaging like... 20 pages a week to try to get through the catechism in a year. And that variety has been working really great for me. So typically I do that for about half an hour. And then I am trying to learn and memorize the prayer at noon called the Angelus. And that's something that I'm trying to do with the younger kids. We have not been off to a great start with that, but that's something that I'm committed to doing this year. And then when I remember, I recommit my morning offering before the kids get up from their naps and before the big kids come home from school. It just helps me to reorient my attitude for those hours between when the kids get home from school and bedtime because that time of day is really full. It has a a lot of different moving parts with homework, getting dinner on the table, getting everyone bathed, showered to bed, and to have time of connection with them. So re-saying my morning offering at that time on the days that I do it is really powerful. And at dinner time, we go around and we all share one thing that we're thankful for to God from the day. And we do our family bedtime prayers for the sake of time. I won't get into what we do for family bedtime prayers right now. And then before bed, I would say three days a week. I've done a good job of remembering this. I'm definitely not as good at it on the weekends or if it's an evening where I've had something going on outside of the house. But I have created my own version of the examine prayer, and I write down in my prayer journal three ways that I saw God working that day, my biggest win against a temptation, and a specific way that I'm asking for grace to do better tomorrow. And Philip and I have said that we want to share those things with each other, and I write mine down in my journal, and then we close with a spontaneous prayer. And on the days that I don't nap, and I've been napping pretty frequently because of my fatigue, um, 
I try to do spiritual reading for about half an hour and to figure out what my books are that I'm going to read. I consult my list of books and my study list, and I'm going to write a note right here that I'll include that in the show notes in case you're curious what's on my list of spiritual reading. And for this year, I want to recreate our little oratory, our prayer space for our family, because that's something that went away when we got our family room recarpeted, and then I never put it back up. So I want to bring that back. And then on a daily basis, looking over my under construction list, that list of habits of sin, patterns, vices that I battle. And if anyone ever finds it, just burn it. (laughs) Um, So those are my daily things. And if that sounds like a lot, if that sounds overwhelming, those are not things that I was, I was not doing all of those things when I was a brand new mom and I was nowhere near doing half of it as a brand new mom. Those are things that I've slowly taken on, adjusted, and I was not doing most of that stuff when Gloria was a new baby. And I've been blessed with good sleepers. I'm able to get a nap every day. And so most days. So um, don't compare what I'm doing with whatever you're doing right now. These are just examples. Um, So that's daily. And then weekly, Philip and I want to get back into alternating weeks with the kids of doing a holy hour at our parish. And then we go to mass on Sunday mornings. And then for a monthly spiritual practice, spiritual direction and confession with my spiritual director. And then for an annual spiritual practice, we have the beautiful Cloisters on the Platte Retreat Center. And I mentioned on a previous episode that I went on my own personal weekend retreat the first weekend in September last year. And it was so wonderful. And I told Philip all about it that he decided he's also going to start going on a retreat. And this place is amazing. And they reserve a place for you for life once you have attended for that same weekend of the year every year. So I'm going to go on mine again the first weekend of September this next year, this year. And then Philip is also going to go and we decided to do it back to back weekends. So super excited to get to have that as a regular fixture for both of our personal prayer lives. And then last year we went on this really great marriage retreat at the beginning of Advent and we have not gone on one yet this year. So we're going to try and find one. Um, So stay tuned on that. Well, that is it for this week, but I have a couple of questions that I want all of you to chew on until next time, and I'll have those in the show notes so you don't need to worry about writing them down, just to get you thinking about how you can go about creating some sort of routine or a schedule, whatever word works best for you and your personality, to think about what are some basic prayer practices that I want to implement in my daily routine. How can I make them happen? What are my obstacles? What materials do I need? Where is it going to happen and when? And then think about what distractions are stopping me from connecting with God in prayer. Do I need to eliminate something from my schedule? Maybe your schedule is just way too jam-packed and it's time to let something go. And also, I did not talk, I don't know how I didn't talk about this earlier, but the importance of healing that there are so many ways that each of us might be in need of healing. Maybe it's physical healing, maybe it's emotional, and we need to find a good, solid Catholic counselor that can help walk us through things. Or we need to actually bring it to a priest because it's something in the spiritual life. But just remember that If you need healing, you may not be able to pray your way through whatever your specific situation is. If you need to meet with a counselor or a therapist or get medication or maybe even consider a ministry like Unbound, all of those are options that are available to us. So don't be afraid. Don't feel like you're somehow 
less of a Christian for not being able to pray your way through something. Um, That's something really important that I wanted to make sure and touch on today. But if you are in need of healing in any form, physical, emotional, spiritual, that's something that's going to be an obstacle to you getting deeper, closer to God in your prayer life. So really think long and hard about that because God wants, he's the divine physician. He wants you to be free from things. And I think sometimes, um, often in Catholic circles, we have this idea that we have to offer it up. We have to offer up all of our pain, but sometimes there's pain that needs purification from God that he wants us to experience the pain to draw us closer to him. But other times there's pain that he wants to just relieve us of that is needless pain that he doesn't want us to have. So yeah, spend some time in prayer on it. Bring it to a good friend, bring it to God, bring it to your husband. And if you need to bring it to a counselor and start working through those things. But I want to hear from you. I hope this was encouraging. I hope that all of us in this next week spend some time thinking about how we can start to figure out how we uniquely with our own personalities, temperaments, the families that we have, the stages that we're in can start to draw closer to God. And I meant to share some quotes from Holiness for Housewives, but I don't want this show to go much longer, but I'll just share one. Let me find my favorite one here. He's talking about how It's so easy for us to compare our vocations with others and others' prayer lives. And here we go. He says, Your whole business is to look for God in the midst of all this. You will not find him anywhere else. If you leave your dishes, your housekeeping, your telephone calls, your children's everlasting questions, your ironing, and your invitations to take care of themselves while you go off and search for our Lord's presence in prayer, you will discover nothing but self. You will discover nothing but self. So this isn't a call to ignore all of the things that we're asked to do as wives and mothers. It's a call to draw closer to our Lord, to get creative, find these times where we can be closer to him and to not be discouraged because he's called us to this vocation and he's going to give us the graces that we need to do whatever it is that he's put in front of us. But we need to enlist the help of our husbands. We need to spend some time thinking about it and just to be more deliberate about it because God's waiting for us. And at the beginning of this book, Holiness for Housewives, I'm going to find it. There we go. On page seven, St. Teresa of Avila, she says about God, see, he is only waiting for us to look at him. If you want him, you will find him. If you want him, you will find him. So if, if we really want to find God in this vocation, he's there. He's already waiting for us. So let that be an encouragement to all of you. I hope you'll get in touch. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Or my favorite, you can send me a voicemail on Voxer, that walkie-talkie app. And if you enjoyed the show, keep sharing it with your friends. Our community keeps growing and growing, and I love it. Thank you so much for being in touch and for your feedback. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you're folding.